Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. Here we are. It's the final week of the month of March already, which providentially we celebrate liturgically. We enter into the final week of the earthly life of Jesus Christ. As he goes to his cross, his suffering, his death, but eventually his resurrection, where he will appear on earth once again, but in a new form. But this last week, his last week on earth, is a week of suffering and death on the cross. And we walk with him to Calvary this week, and we do so through the brilliant and ingenious and encompassing, engaging and moving services of the church, both East and West. Over the years, I have noticed something. I don't know if you've noticed it as well. But when the church enters this particular week, week of the Passion, we also call it the Eastern Church's Great Week. We also call it the Week of the Bridegroom. It's also called, of course, Holy Week. I've noticed in the last several years, whenever we've approached that week in the church, Usually something breaks in the news from the secular world, and it usually has something to do with a scandal, something is very negative, and most of the time it has to do with some area of church teaching, of some scandal related to the world of morality, human sexuality. You may recall a few years ago, the secular world waited until around Holy Week to release the bulk of the clergy sex abuse scandal in the church. Although we had heard about it from time to time, they save the bulk of it to unleash it during Holy Week. Well, once again, we come into this time of Holy Week, this holiest of weeks in which we go to the cross with our Lord. And once again, the church goes to the cross. And the church goes to the cross, we go to the cross, within our own lives with Christ, but also within the lives of other people. And this year, we're going to the cross with a special friend of mine, friend of this radio program, and a friend of the Eastern Churches, but he is a Latin Rite Catholic. He is an Archbishop, Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco. I mention his name and his situation for two reasons. 
As I mentioned, first of all, he is a friend of ours. He's a friend of the Eastern churches. He has a great love for Eastern liturgy, which we, of course, also have on this program and we talk so much about in this program. But he is also a man of integrity and of courage. And he's willing to go to the cross as a leader of the church. He's willing to follow Christ to that cross, something that not even most of the apostles did when the time came. Something that we often are not willing to do. It's interesting that whenever there is a journey to the cross, there's a gradual peeling away of what were ordinarily enthusiastic followers of Christ or of the mission, whatever that cross may be. But I've noticed, and maybe you've noticed too, that in time, little by little, people peel away. We peel away. I peel away at times. You peel away if we really examine our conscience. It seems that everybody has their limit. Everybody has their price. They have their place where they will not go any further because they count the cost to themselves. Remember when people walked by the cross as Christ hung on it? Ordinarily, they may have been his followers. They even said so. Come down from the cross and then we'll believe, is what they said. We'll follow you. All that great stuff about giving sight back to the blind, raising people from the dead, forgiving people, being kind to children, the sick, the poor. That's all great stuff. We'll follow you. Just no cross. That was the sticking point. It was even for Jesus' closest followers, the apostles. Who was there? Not even Peter. Only John and his mother and a few women. And so the cross indicts us. It exposes us to where we are at. And when we journey through this week, through the church, the church's liturgy, this journey, as I always say in this program, is not a history lesson. The events of Christ's life, these dramatic events of his last week on earth, are not a history lesson. We just don't remember them or commemorate them. We enter into them because they are our journey. We are going to the cross. We're going to our own personal cross. We're going with Christ again, and we're also going with certain people. We're going with the church. And in this year, it's the church and the person of one particular person, but also with the many martyrs who have shed their blood in the church for Christ, for loyalty to the Pope of Rome in recent months, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine. Yes, there is a great parade of many who are together going to the cross. The question is going to be, will we go all the way? Will we be willing to pay any price to go with Christ to the cross, to go with the church to the cross? Yes, once again, the church is on the cross, especially in the person of a courageous Catholic bishop, a friend of the Eastern churches, but a Roman Catholic bishop, Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of San Francisco. You may have followed the story. He went to the cross for the sake, mostly, of our children, that they will be given what they deserve as Catholic children in Catholic schools. They'll be given the truth. They'll be given authentic Catholic teaching, both being taught in the classroom formally, and also, and most importantly, having it embodied, having it incarnated, having these children witness it in the very people that have been authorized to teach it. It's their teachers, their Catholic school teachers. Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione saw a need in the Diocese of San Francisco to make it more clear to the schools, to the teachers, those responsible for the souls of children, 
make it more clear what the church actually says amid the controversial issues of our day that, of course, once again, are issues of human sexuality. And indeed, that's why it is so providential that in the Eastern churches this week is called the Week of the Bridegroom. Because, in fact, so much of what Christ took to the cross was to purify that aspect of us. The cross was the great nuptial mystery, the great consummation of the mystical marriage between Christ, the bridegroom, and his bride, the church. So it's little wonder that the devil would make sure that through human beings, an assault to that spousal mystery would be unleashed always during Holy Week as we go to the cross. Once again, it is happening. There was great protest, vicious, heinous, insidious protest, personal attack, attack on the church by Catholics, Catholics, so-called Catholics, against a Catholic bishop who's only doing what he's supposed to do. A Catholic bishop was only going to the cross like Christ did on behalf of others. All he did was ask Catholic teachers to be honest If you take a Catholic paycheck, and these are my words, not his, if you take a Catholic paycheck, honesty would dictate that you comply with what that institution asks of you. Otherwise, you're a supreme hypocrite, a liar, a phony. But there are those who don't want to do that, so much so that they even got the secular world involved to resist the bishop. Here's just a couple of pieces of information from some sources that have covered this story. One is from the Wall Street Journal of March 6th of this year. San Franciscans are currently debating a simple question. Should the government respect the right of Catholic schools to be authentically Catholic? Now, I'm sure you're taken aback by that as well you should be, but that's what it says. The article continues. The San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione thinks so. But eight California senators and assemblymen sent the archbishop a letter last month saying that his actions in issuing new faculty guidelines, quote, foment a discriminatory environment in the communities we serve, unquote. Can you imagine? The state, which always cries separation of church and state, is imposing itself meddling deep in the Catholic church, asking the Catholic diocese to itself encourage hypocrisy. In the name of discriminatory environment, what does that mean? Well, as a matter of fact, Catholic teaching, East and West, does discriminate. Not against people, but against what is right and wrong, what is true and what is honest. It says here in the article, two of the signers even asked the California Assembly Labor and Employment Committee and the Assembly Judiciary Committee to investigate the Archdiocese's actions. Imagine the California Assembly Labor and Employment Committee and the Assembly Judiciary Committee. That's some heavy hitters. What are they doing getting their nose in this? They have no right. And again, all the archdiocese has done through the Archbishop Cordiglione is added some changes to the handbook for Catholic teachers to clarify what the church actually says, what they're expected to teach as Catholic teachers who take a paycheck from the Catholic church, to clarify expectations for them, in their professional and public lives. In other words, you can't have this dichotomy. Well, I'm supposed to teach this in the classroom, so I do it, because that's what I'm expected to do for my job. But in the meantime, I model something different, or I espouse something different outside of the classroom. That is hypocrisy. Catholic is not just a set of teachings. As I say over and over again in all of my presentations, Catholic is not about teachings. 
It's about the truth of life, God's truth, that we see and live according to that vision. So we can't have this dichotomy of saying something as Catholic teaching, just objectively saying it, and then living a different kind of life. Any Catholic bishop with integrity would be, ought to be expected to clear up wherever that dichotomy exists in his diocese. And this is what the Archbishop has done in San Francisco. And for that, he goes to the cross. We're going to talk more about this when I return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by writing a check to Light of the East and mail it to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hello, I'm Father Thomas Loya of the Tabor Life Institute. I'm inviting you to an opportunity to be pierced by the sheer beauty of God's plan for your life, to make the connection between God, sex, and the meaning of life. As Father Loya invites you to hear renowned speaker and author Christopher West, Saturday, April 25th at St. Mary Immaculate Parish in Plainfield, Illinois. Original sin for all of us, for every human being on the planet, has disoriented our desires. We often find ourselves hungry for things that don't satisfy the ache, don't satisfy the need. Join Christopher Saturday, April 25th from 6.30 till 9.30 p.m. at St. Mary Immaculate Parish, 15629 South Route 59, Plainfield, Illinois. Limited seating, register online to coreseminar.evenbright.com. Core spelled C-O-R, bright spelled B-R-I-T-E. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality, and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host, as we enter into Great Week, Holy Week, the week of the Passion, the week of the Bridegroom. As I mentioned, we go to the cross through the wisdom, the genius of the church and her liturgy. We really do. The scripture, the life of Christ is not a history lesson. It is our life. We go to the cross with Christ, with his church, and with particular people. Recently, it is those who have shed blood, especially in the Middle East, Ukraine, for Christ. 
And in America in particular, an individual who is a friend of ours here at Light of the East and also of the Eastern churches in general, a good friend of the Eastern churches, Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco. As I mentioned, he asked of his school teachers something very, very simple. It's something you wouldn't even think would ever even be challenged, even have to be said, which means this has been going on for quite some time, this dichotomy, this hypocrisy. But he simply tried to clean up for the sake of what is right, for the sake of children. They are given the truth, and they see that truth modeled in those to whom they have been entrusted. But no, here comes the opposition. Here comes the pain and blood of the cross. Listen to some of these accounts. Now I'm going to refer to another article. I've referred to the Wall Street Journal before. This is another article from the Catholic News Service, an article by Kevin Jones. And in it, he says that the opposition is doing things like this. Some local politicians have threatened legal action against the archdiocese, while San Francisco Board of Supervisors passed a resolution critical of the handbook. That's the handbook that the archbishop put out that tightens up for Catholic teachers what is expected of them. Over 350 employees, about 80% of the staff and faculty, archdiocese four Catholic high schools signed a petition against the handbook additions. Students, teachers, and parents have also engaged in separate protests. 80% of the staff. Do they not know what Catholic is? No, they don't. The problem is we've been able to get away with making up whatever we think Catholic is, with that overly touted individualism in our country, where we can be morally relative about everything. And that is not right, is not the truth. So the article from Catholic News Agency says this, Jim Jordan, an organizer of the petition and a teacher at Sacred Heart Cathedral Prep, said that the handbook language has a, quote, judgmental context that undermines Catholic educators' mission and the inclusive, diverse, and welcoming community we prize at our schools. Listen to those words. Inclusive, diverse, welcoming. Those are virtues of the secular world. You know, I got news for you. The Catholic faith, Christianity itself, is not inclusive. Yes, Christ wished all to be saved. That's why he came. But it is by nature exclusive, meaning As Christ himself said, not just an archbishop or you or me, Christ himself said, unless you deny yourself, mother, father, everyone, everything, and take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of me. That is a very, very exclusive faith. No, we're not inclusive. We want to be, sure, as Jesus wanted everyone to be saved. But we're not automatically inclusive. By nature, we're exclusive. You have to believe and embrace the cross to belong. Sorry, that's the truth from Christ's own lips. It also says here that a public relations campaign could be aggravating the controversy because there's a man named Sam Singer, founder of the influential San Francisco-based communications firm Singer Associates, told the San Francisco Weekly paper that concerned parents are paying for his service in their dispute with the archbishop. Singer's social media accounts are publicizing negative interpretations of the archbishop and the archdiocese while promoting stories siding with the protesters. His other clients include big names like the Chevron Oil Company, as well as Cordiglione's critics like the San Francisco Chronicle and the San Francisco Examiner. What business does a secular newspaper have with the Catholic Church and its internal procedures? which do have an external dimension. We're supposed to witness to the faith beyond the four walls of a classroom. That's what we do. And it's no one's right, no newspaper's right, no founder of some kind of communications board or firm 
to tell us differently. It says the morning of an Ash Wednesday protest, Singer, on his Google account, posted a critical story about local priests and said everyone is praying that the Pope will remove the San Francisco Archbishop and these priests. Imagine, what is their thinking? Remove a Catholic bishop for doing what he's supposed to do? Oh, but it gets worse. The University of San Francisco, a Jesuit institution, will host a March 16th forum for parents, teachers, students, and their allies opposed to the Archdiocese. The University Institute for Catholic Education Leadership and the group concerned Parents and Students Teach Acceptance are co-sponsoring the event. Forum speakers include Brian Cahill, a former executive director of the Archdiocese Catholic Charities affiliate who has often criticized the Archdiocese, Jim McGarry, a former Catholic school religious studies teacher, and Leslie C. Griffin, a constitutional law professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, who has previously worked with the Center for Reproductive Rights. Dissenting Catholic groups have also seized on the controversy. The early petition against the Archbishop was created by Jim Fitzgerald, executive director of Call to Action. His group, Just Church Project, specifically opposes morality clauses in Catholic schools. Can you imagine? Is there anything mean about going to the cross? And the Archbishop has been very valiant in this, although I'm sure it is wearing him down. Just as Christ was worn down on the cross, he shed blood, eventually gave up his life. Notice I said gave up his life. His head didn't fall. He bowed his head, which means he willingly went to that cross and chose to do so to take every hit till his last breath. He was in charge the whole way. But Archbishop Cordelia has said things like this to the lawmakers, would you hire a campaign manager who advocates policies contrary to those that you stand for or who shows disrespect towards you and the Democratic Party in general? Of course they wouldn't. And Archbishop Cordiglione summed up the problem, I respect your right to employ or not employ whomever you wish to advance your mission. I simply ask the same respect from you. Now you see, he catches them in their own hypocrisy, in their own dishonesty. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them. Their power that they have enjoyed for so long, their false sense of church, they've enjoyed this power of creating their own idea of church in their own mind and living according to that and enjoying some kind of status or popularity or peer acceptance. That's gone on for so long. And whenever you try to correct that, even in such a small way, this is really a small thing. There is so much more that needs to be corrected in the church. The archbishop has simply started with correcting that which is harmful to our children. And for that, he goes to the cross. And you and I, you and I must go to the cross with him. I'm asking you, It's a favor for a personal friend of mine, a classmate of mine, proud to say, but also of a great figure in the church today, a great holy man, a warrior, a man who's going to the cross for you, for the children, for God, for the church. I'm asking you to go to the cross with him for the sake of the church. At the very least, during the services you will attend during this great and holy week, keep the archbishop in prayer. Keep the Archdiocese of San Francisco in prayer. Keep the Church in America in prayer. And keep, especially, the Archbishop's dissenters and detractors in prayer. Do as Christ did. Look upon them and say to yourself in prayer, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they really don't. To some extent they do, but they don't because they've been allowed to live in an ignorance, in a fantasy of what Catholic is for far too long. As they are doing a disservice to the church, a disservice was done to them. 
No one corrected them. No one went to the cross for them either. Not only is the archbishop going to the cross for the children, he's going to the cross for his dissenters in hopes that they may one day be enlightened and see, just as Longinus, the foot of the cross, saw, eventually saw Christ for who he was and said, this truly is the Son of God. This is why the archbishop's going to the cross. And I'm asking the church east and west, especially eastern churches, because we have a friend of ours who needs our help, as he has been a help to us in many ways, ways that you don't realize. I'm asking you to come forward, at least in prayer. And if we have a moment, send him a letter of support. Archbishop Cordelioni of the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Send him a letter of support. Let him know you're praying for him and you're willing to go to the cross for him. Be Simon of Cyrene. Help him carry his cross for the good of the church, for him personally, for our children, especially for those who know not what they are doing. I'm going to conclude our program today with the beautiful moving hymn of sorrow from the Byzantine tradition. It's called The Grieving Mother. This is a song, a hymn, in which we hear the lament deep in the heart of the mother of God as she stands at the foot of the cross looking upon her son, who, like Archbishop Corleone, has been unjustly treated, put on the cross unjustly. Yet she knows that through it all, her son will triumph, and he's doing what he must do. And so we pray also that Archbishop Cordiglione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco will do what he must do. In the end, he, you, me, the church, Jesus Christ, will be triumphant once again. I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East.